ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. And my patron peeps, what up patron peeps? I just wanted to sing to you and say thank you to my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, a podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature or routine, schedule, whatever it is. So it could be things on your mind you're thinking about uh, from the past, present, or future. You know, those things that just pop in your head at inconvenient times, uh... How about this? I just thought of this. Because you know what pop and lock is? Like, that's a style. I guess it's, I don't know if it's a dance move or a dance style. Because you could use, it can't just be, it's more than just a move. Because you can, it's a, um, oh, I almost had the right word. Which I'm sure it's a very simple vocabulary, technique. I think it's a technique. But you see, well, what if, uh. It's, well, you say, what's pop and lock? And I say, well, I don't exactly, I say, it's not, uh, it's not the robot. You know it when you see it. Uh, but what I was really going to say is, like, thoughts just pop in your head. Like, what if, here's an, just a technique, this is another technique. Take, take a technique and build a technique with it. Because sometimes when I'm trying to go to bed, thoughts just pop in my head. And I was just thinking, what if we made those thoughts pop and lock or do any sort of like a, a dance moves you find entertaining but difficult to do on your own? Like a pop and lock, break dance, it could be anything. Uh, like, uh, But so you picture that in your mind, you say, oh boy, spilling milk on yourself uh, when you had a suit on or something, you say. Okay, that's not a memory I need to think about. I'm going to bed. But you say, okay, well, if the part of my brain, the representative image of that, the person, not the part, not the memory, you could picture yourself doing that. It would be pretty cool. There's another technique we just found. If you do spill something on yourself, just start to dance right after it. Like in in a way you say, well, I just spilled something. That's what I do when I spill something on myself. I dance. uh it's a dance of acceptance of my imperfection. Being imperfect makes me want to dance. Some part of my brain said, so do you dance all of the time? And I'd say, well, I'd strive to, like, honestly, within me. But I was going to say, what if the part of me that's bring that popped that memory into my brain, not necessarily the memory of me spilling milk on myself when I'm wearing a suit, Actually, the last time here, here's a, this is a, I'll get back to it. But the last time I was in a suit, uh, I was at a family function. And, uh, then after the family function, this is about, uh, 18 months. Uh, I don't know. It was 2019. 
after the family function, and I, I'm pretty sure this is what happened. Two, two, there's a buffet, you know, with uh, baked aziti was one of the things in the buffet. And it's like I didn't notice this till it was really embarrassing. So at some point, one of three things happened. While I was eating some baked ziti, it dropped into my lap, uh, and then maybe I ground it into my um, my air my lap area. If you know what I'm saying, it was still clearly baked ziti. So that's one of the things that could happen, but I don't think that happened because I don't eat, I, like, if there's a buffet with baked ziti, I don't think I would eat enough, like, I'm usually not eating a lot of baked ziti. If you're new, don't worry, I'll get back to you. This is an early tangent. You're in for a treat. Uh, but, so I don't think that happened. So the other two things that could happen is, one, I walked, I, you know, just like Icarus, I, like, some reason my, my lower extremities like bumped up against some ZD like uh, and they say if you can't laugh at that what can you laugh at so that's the other possibility but the third thing is what I think really happened is I gave a hug I knew one of the people that was running the buffet and so I gave her a hug I said holy cow uh, like uh, can you take a break and and so maybe there was ZD and their apron and it got onto my uh, lap area. Now, after that, uh, which even if it was a hug, it was when I was getting ready to leave, but not when I left. So I probably still saw 12 to 20 members of my family and said goodbye to them with a groin full of ZD. Also, that'll be a book or an album I'll put out one day. Uh I don't know, like a lap full ZD, you're right. Let's just go, you know, let's leave it subtextual. You're right. Uh, they're just two different, yeah, you're right, a lap full of ZD. I think David Sedaris already wrote that. That was like a, probably in a, uh, so that's probably not, that's probably out. I got to do a groin full of ZD. And then we had to go, so we left this buffet. Then we had to go, we went to a Walgreens uh, to pick something up. Then we went from to an Aldi, an Aldi's or Aldi's, so however you say that, uh, to pick uh, something up. Uh, for yet, We went from buffet, and then we still had to go again for like a coffee, and we had to bring something to the coffee. So we went to Aldi's to get that. And at some point when I was in the Aldi's, when either my brother said it to me or I noticed that I had a groin or a lap full of ziti. Like, covered. Like, not just, like, huh, is that ZD or is that, uh, you know, it was like, there was, like, pieces of ZD and ricotta. Uh, like, uh, it didn't look, like, embarrassing. It looked like I, like, still had, it was like a, there was some sort of uh, mechanic, what's that called? Magnet. I had ZD magnetism. <laughs> it gets even better, I guess. You say, oh, boy, you got a magnetic uh, thing going there with your ZD. So if I would have noticed that, at the time I just said, oh, well, like uh, that kind of stinks because I only wear a suit like once every three years. And I wasn't planning on cleaning the suit for until three years from now. So now I have to figure And now that I just realized that my suit is still in my closet with the ZD on it. And so what was that? What was my point there? Uh, we got to get that suit cleaned. It's because it's the only suit I own, too. wonder how 18 months of ZD will do in there if it's really ground in. I don't know if I'll be able to shout it out. 
Oh, my point was, so what if I had pop and locked right there on Aldi? So she started dancing or doing jazz hands, whatever it is, uh, uh, dancing knees or, you know, hip, you know, Shakira doing the Shakira hip thing or something, some pop culture reference that people actually would recognize, which would take that, that dance move, I'd say. I don't even know because people don't do like even the dances. I'm kind of aware, like some TikTok dance. Uh, oh yeah, that TikTok dance where you put your hand above your head while you drop your knees uh, to your ankles, so your butt touches your heels. Uh, I'd like to be good at. I should have done that one. That's at the end of one of those TikToks from 2019. So, oh, so my point is, hey, let me hear whatever's keeping you awake, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, uh, any of those things. I'm here to take your mind off of that. I think maybe that tangent may have, holy tangential. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents, which we went from a pointless meander to a superfluous tangent. Uh, just then, I'm going to go off topic, clearly, all to take your mind off of stuff while you fall asleep. Now, if you're new, a couple things to know. And it's a little late. I'll agree. I'll agree with you there. Uh, one, this podcast uh, does not work for everybody, and it's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but for the people it works for, it takes two or three tries. So, so one thing to know is give it two or three tries. The other thing is that you, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. It's a podcast you're barely present for, and you don't have to give it very, very much attention. Uh, like, so you say, okay, well, I wasn't even aware, like, like ideally say, I don't even know what Scoots was talking about. Something about, he was baking ziti or he invented a dance called baked, the baked ziti. Uh, but it was really just that, like, uh, I think, or maybe he said if he could invent a dance, he wouldn't invent a dance called the baked ziti because he said, well, I don't know. And then he said, maybe I would, he goes, I don't think I would do a dance just called the ziti. He said, but maybe the ZD, he could do a dance where you're doing a Z and then a D. And so I don't know, that would be what you remember about this podcast in the morning if you're a regular listener. Now, if you're new, just kind of consume that podcast, like see if you could have a looser hold on this podcast. Just barely pay attention to me. Uh, so that's one thing to know. The second thing to know is that... Uh, what is the second thing? Oh, uh, this is podcast. Oh, a podcast. Oh, it's not really here to put you to sleep either. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off. Uh, and I have give you plenty of time to drift off. The reason the shows are about an hour is so you could drift off at your leisure. There's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour. And if you can't sleep, I'll be here to the very end. I'll be here telling you a bedtime story, whether you're awake or asleep. So it's a podcast you don't need to listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep. just keeps you company. Ideally, I become your boar bay, your boar friend, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your boar cuz. So those are things you need to know. The other thing is for new listeners is the structure of the show can throw people off. Uh, show starts off with a greeting. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. So you know you're seen and welcome here. 
that's how I just start to invite you into the safe place that I'm trying in an imperfect way to create. Uh, then there's business. That's how we're able to bring you a podcast twice a week on a regular basis is uh, the sponsors and the people that support the sponsors. And that's like a few minutes. Then there's an intro. The intro is around 12 to 20 minutes long, and it's me rambling, going off topic, as you saw, with two goals. One to put, well, a couple goals. One to introduce new people to the podcast and give you a general idea of what to expect, which is nonsense and tangents. Uh, uh, two is to put you to sleep, really, or to try to help you unwind. Uh, if you become a regular listener, because regular listeners is like 2% of regular listeners skip ahead to 20 minutes and start the show there. Uh, so everyone else starts the show and listens kind of through, but people listen through in a different way. Some people start playing it before they get into bed as they start to unwind or lightly read or doodle or do any uh, yarn or, uh, like, uh, what is that other stuff called, uh, thread-based activities. Maybe some, you know, maybe you're modeling clay. Maybe you're, you're you know, maybe you're modeling clay like uh, like I am. Maybe I, that's my TikTok outfit. I say, oh, boy, I'm modeling clay. I'm wearing it as a, you know, clay-based outfit. I think if I was going to, I don't know if terracotta is actually a clay, but that seems very breathable. So that would probably be the one I'd be most interested in if I have a choice. But I guess maybe some softer clay on the inside. Though, of course, I'll have a lap full of ricotta, so that helps too. Um, oh, so the intro, so some listeners fall asleep during the intro, but a lot of listeners are either getting ready for bed or they're getting in bed and I'm easing you into bedtime. So for the regular listener, what up regular listeners? You're not regular to me. Believe me, you're super special. Uh, so I get to come up with another term for that, uh. But you listen on a regular basis. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you a regular listener. You know you know what I meant. Uh, my boar bays, my boar cousins, my boar sibs, my boar besties, my boar bris. Uh, those of you that dance the, the ZD and the ZD with me. Uh, um, so do, you, you know what I was talking about. I don't. But so it eases everybody into bedtime. Takes your mind off of stuff. Uh, so you could kind of fall asleep and get some distance from the day. So that's what the intro does. And some new listeners say, why does it go on and on and on? Or why don't you get to the point? Or are you just talking about business or something? I say, no, I'm kind of talking about, I'm talking about something, but with a whole lot of nothing. And uh, just, I mean, I mean, using ZD as a metaphor, you say, okay, I mean, ZD is the big, the thick round ones, right? Uh, Maybe penne, like a ziti is like a giant penne. Is that am I on the right track? And some, some of the, if you baked ziti, is it like a tomato sauce with ricotta cheese? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And some people could say, like, if you, if you were, if you came from a place where you say, like, if you were paying for the buffet and you weren't familiar with ziti, and let's just say you were paying, instead of paying, like you say, well, uh, uh, a dish is each twenty dollars, uh, and you weren't paying by pound. You say, "Well, at our buffet, we do charge by the cubic uh, 
cubic foot. Uh, and he said, well, I don't want ziti because it's a whole lot of nothing. And he said, well, no, it's not. Uh, it's ricotta, it's pasta, it's tomato sauce. It's very popular because it uh, fits a lot of different uh, eating types. And we use a non-dairy ricotta here. You know, gluten-free pasta. So, uh, you see, but it's like uh, if I'm paying by the cubic foot, I want something denser. Can you crush the ZD down? You see, aren't you in the middle of an intro for a sleep podcast? I see, you're right. Thank you. Thanks. You're worth your weight in cubic feet, uh, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? That's great. Uh, anyway, just leave the ZD. I'll have one crushed and one non-crushed ZD, please. Oh, you put it in my lap. Thank you so much. Oh, sorry, that was a part of my brain. Oh, so... Just see how it goes. See how the intro goes. Uh, the other things you need to know is uh, I make this show because I've been there and I know how it feels tossing and turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. So I just want to help you get a good night's sleep because you deserve a good night's sleep. The world and your world and our world will be a better place if you get the sleep you need. So... Uh, that's why I make the show is so you can get some rest. And now the podcast does not work for everybody. So just kind of see how it goes. It's free to listen to. So give it a couple tries and see how it goes. And I hope it helps you. I really appreciate you coming by and checking this podcast out. I work very hard. Oh, what else? The structure of the show. Sorry. After the intro is business. Some part of my brain just told me then it'll be our ongoing episodically modular series, odder things. And then some thank yous at the end. Uh, so I, that's why I, I wanted to just tell you that. So thank you so much for checking the show out. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive. I really want to help you fall asleep. And thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to bring you this podcast twice a week. All right. Hey, everybody. Scoots, I'm going to turn things right over to Emma um, Otter. Uh, and uh, this uh, archived audio I was able to get. Hey, everybody, this is Emma Otter here. I'm here to tell you a tale, and I want you to know right up front that all will be well. So if you're thinking or wondering about that, I just you know, want you to know that right up front. But this is a tale about a, t- a place uh, where I live, a town in a swamp. And if you've never heard any of my, this story before, don't worry. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know right now to get you caught up and in the right place. Because you are in the right place right now. And you're in the right pause with my pause here. Like, and I'll have extra pauses here as Emma Otter. So I'm Emma Otter. I'm an otter, and I live in a place, a swamp, uh, and uh, part of a greater swamp area. And I'm a member of a family. Uh, we I live with my mother, my father, my youngest sibling, and then my older brother, Tefe. And my brother, Tefe, my parents and my, my, my youngest sibling really aren't super important. You know, just like, uh, I mean, they're important, but not in this, this story that I'm telling you. My brother, Tefe, does play a role. And Tefe's the kind of otter you see that looks like he just dove into a water, silky water, and came out ready to do a gum commercial or something. He's the smoothest otter in town. You know, if if, if there was a, a place where otters performed or were viewed, 
That's just Tefe. It really gets on my nerves, but what can you do? He's my older brother. And he knows it, though. He knows he shines. Um, so that's that's my house. I have a, a, quite a few friends. A best, Of course, a close best friend that knows who they are, as well as a variety of other really close friends. Uh, and they know, you know, in their hearts that they're my best friend, but that I have other close friends, too. So once upon a time... I had uh, three best, uh, three close friends uh, I'm mentioning in no particular order. Willow, uh, Elijah, and Vaughn. Those are my three friends. And since then, I've made a new friend named Billy. But before we met Billy, it was just uh, Willow, Elijah, and Vaughn. And I, LJ and V, they go by. Willow just goes by Willow. I, I don't know why, like, she doesn't go by Willow or O. But maybe she will start going by that. Uh, but so we used to play a role playing game called Bards and Big Bunnies. We were also into like dressing up in historical as characters and performing and stuff like that. And we're in middle school, Tefe's in high school. Uh, and yeah, Bards and Big Bunnies is a game like a role playing game about the big things in life music and bards from the olden days, and big bunnies who would come and try to take your town's resources and the bards that would protect the town with the power of song, along with other adventurers. And one night we were playing Bards and Big Bunnies, we finished the game. But on the way home, Willow took a trail less, a road less taken on her water bike. And she, uh, we thought she took a road less taken where she moved away to the big city, River Bottom, Henson Town, someplace like that, recorded an album, like started her musical career, which, you know, other people have in middle school, but we didn't know about it. And, and also albums first, the first album that arrived in our town by like right after Willow left, which was very efficient, was about goofing on our town. Most of the songs were making fun of our town. And we said, you know, something wasn't right there. Willow would have told us, uh, how could you record an album and put it out in just a few days? Even Willow, while she would goof on us, she wouldn't goof on us. And I mean, she was big into parody music, uh, so we just thought it was strange, and the whole thing, we didn't buy it. At the same time, right when it, right after it happened, we didn't even buy it. So we were looking for Willow, and the past less to less taken, Dark and Wood and all those places. Uh, and that's where we met Billy. Now, Billy was a duck-billed beaver who had come from a place beyond the swamp. Now, okay, so we live in a swamp uh, surrounded on three sides by swamp, which is some of you you might not understand is like a variety of like a uh, swamp's a general term. There's some forest, uh, there's some swamp, there's some muck, and that goes on and on and on. A greater swamp area. On one side, though, it's bisected by road, and that's the place beyond the swamp. It, technically, I think it's a swamp, but we don't go there. But there's also there's a road. Mysterious vehicles travel on the road. And we're not supposed to go on the road because there's vehicles that go by. And then beyond that is like an old visitor center and bog walk uh, that, we're, again, we're not supposed to go to. 
And we were looking. We said, well, did Willow go over near there or something? Um, And that's when we found Billy, the duck-billed beaver. Turned out Billy was lost uh, or had left the place beyond the swamp, the, the visitor center. And Billy also had powers, magical powers of song. Billy could sing and make you, like, she could sing a song like Freeze Frame and you would freeze. Uh, She might sing a song like uh, Go to Sleep, Go to Sleep, you would instantly go to sleep. So just like in the game Bards and Big Bunnies, Billy somehow had a power, like, powers through song, either superpowers or magical powers. And then we were work. We've been working with Billy, trying to find uh, Willow, but also LJ and Vaughn. LJ in particular said, "Well, aren't we supposed to just find Willow? Why are we helping this kid? We don't even know duck-billed beaver, uh, who, which is odd anyway. And how? Why are we getting caught up in this? So that's been an ongoing tension with all of us." Uh, we also recently discovered that uh, we could use our tuning forks. We, if we follow our tuning forks, uh, like for a sympathetic vibration, we thought we could find... Oh, because we thought we have figured out that Willow had kind of gone to a place. We had used Billy's powers to get a hold of Willow and discover that uh, Willow is in a place called the Size Down which is a bit like in the Southern Suave trilogy, we think, some sort of other parallel universe um, or something. And we're trying to find our way there using our tuning forks, which have a sympathetic vibration. We also have an electromagnetic tuning fork we made, two of them. But we followed those, and we didn't find Billy. We found out, or we didn't find Will. We found out Billy was controlling them. And then Billy and Elijah had a big, strong disagreement. And Billy uh, sang the song Impulsive, and Elijah ran away. Then we were upset with Billy, and we used strong words with Billy, and Billy ran away. Uh, So that's what's going on with us. But this part of the story is more about... uh, So our town has uh, the greater, like our local swamp authority... Our community resources are managed by our community resource manager, Bull, Leon the Frog. And he's really all-around great frog, really cares about the community, a little bit of a curmudgeon. He discovered that the place beyond the swamp, something's going on there. Uh, and we'll get it more into that tonight. I've discovered more. But he said he's had the same reaction at first. Willow moved away. And somehow he hasn't 100% tied Willow to the place beyond the swamp, the visitor center, and below it is a whole complex where they're up to stuff. Uh, And uh, Willow's mom, Willow will live with her mom and her sister, her mom, uh, Frances, and her sister, Dari. Frances is a bespoke, she works at a store, but one day she hopes to have her own bespoke wind chime business. she was communicating with Willow via wind chime to the place beyond the swamp. And she knew Willow was, but everybody doubted her. They said, no, 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 Willow recorded an album and moved away. 
But now, of course, she's working with Bull because they said, oh, wait, you're right. You were right all along, Francis. Something's going on with Willow. Let's find out. Now, Dory, my uh, Willow's sister, and my brother Tefe are working together as well. Now, Tefe, who knows what Tefe's motivations are? Probably, if there's a mirror involved, Tefe's in. But Dari is, of course, looking for her sister. And at first, she said, well, something's odd. She went to her dad's house uh, in uh, River Bottom uh, with Tefe. And they discover, like, she discovered that Will wasn't at her dad's house. Uh, her dad's J-U-R-K. And then she came out to the car, which te- it was Tef- our Uncle Emmett's vehicle, but uh, Tefe was K-A-S-S-I-N-G-ing Dari's now former, ba- you know, at that time, former best friend, Babs. Uh, then they drove home. Then uh, Babs went for a walk. Then Babs was also, they said, where'd Babs go? She just went for a walk. Now, did she go and record an album somewhere? And since then, Dari has been like, okay, something's going on. And then they discovered that yeah, Babs did encounter some sort of big bunny or some big bunny that sings lullabies and makes sounds. So that's kind of where we left off. And before I get to the story here, here's our most famous performer, actor, sometimes a singer, an otter, and an all-around gentleman, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you, uh, Emma. Uh, ladies is a gentleman, is a boys is a girl, so friends beyond the binary. Don't worry. All will be well. Because it's time for other uh, things to splish, splash. Uh, thanks, Antonio. So that's Antonio. And Antonio and I, we're going to play... Uh, we're going to play a Plinkety Plunk, so if you want to wait around, we'll play that later. So when we last left off, like, uh, well, what I didn't tell you was, so we had our community resource fair, which is a big fair in our town, big deal. And while we were, me and my friends were looking into stuff, uh, Dari and Tefe were riding the uh, Ferris wheel. And they were discussing what they didn't know. They only knew what Dari and Tefe knew. They didn't know what we knew or even what Emma or uh, what uh, Francis or Bull knew. But they did know that Babs had encountered some sort of a big, big giant bunny, maybe with goose or something, it was goose feathers. And there was carrots and it was someplace on the edge of the swamp, uh, and then, so they were riding in the um, the, uh, the 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 Ferris wheel going up, and then you know for a while Tefe was relaxed. Dari was more trying to be focused on well, what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this? What do you think? You think my sister? She also didn't know that all will be well at the time. You know, you never know that unless you have a part of you that constantly reminds you. Don't worry. All's going to be well. You're going to be okay. But they didn't have me there with them saying that like you do, that everything's going to be well. So they were talking. And at the same time, Tefe, you know, Tefe likes to use, like, uh, he is used to using the Ferris wheel for a couple activities. K-A-S-S-I-N-G and hand-holding, arm-arounding. 
foot playing or uh, goober shooting at other kids or me and my friends from the Ferris wheel. Also talking of, uh, like, so Sephi was distracted at, like, look at who, look at that down there. There's my parents, blah, blah, blah. They know everything, you know, and, uh, so Teffy was also distracted and they were talking about value systems and the value, you know, Teffy said, well, why don't like, why do we live in, uh, Teffy is a little bit of a contrarian to the way we live community based, uh, living, not, not a hundred percent community based, you know, we have our own individual home, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a nuanced system. And maybe that's it. You know, like it's a little bit too much nuance for Teffy. But Teffy said, you know, why don't we have a system where, uh, you know, I could, you know, I, why can't I get like it kind of thing? And, 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 but Dari wasn't even listening. Teffy thought Teffy was making all these gr- brilliant points about production and shining and I don't know. Oh, uh, individualism. That's what I think they call bootstrapping. And then Dari said, what? Uh, but Dari didn't realize that while Tefe, now I don't know if this was one of Tefe's techniques, he also had to put his arm around Dari. And Dari said, well, I just think, uh, like, uh, and she said, what do you, like, uh, and then she said, well, this isn't bad. It's kind of comforting. It's reminding me all will be well. Because it was just, a, you know, when you're on a thing, you're just putting your arm up anyway. So she said, okay, well, let's just roll roll with this. Uh, and then she said, so you're going to, then she was kind of listening. She said, so you're going to rebel against your parents and, and uh, the values of our society. She goes, isn't that what people do when they run away to become stars? Uh, like, are you going to become a star, Tefe? Is that what you want? Tuffy said, I don't know if I want to become a star. I just want people to recognize that I am a star. He goes, you're a star too, Dari. Like, you just don't see it. Uh, you know, this kind of stuff. Because ta- stuff that teens talk about. Um, and, you know, some teens discover, yeah, I'd like to move to River Bottom and see. Like, uh, R&B band. You know, that band was not about sharing community. Maybe they were, though by sharing community resources or back when my uncle Emmett lived, uh, that was before we switched over to community resources. And there was like, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that had to control over more of the resources than everybody else. Uh, but it was a gradual change anyway. It wasn't a big upheaval, but that's what a teens like sometimes. And then Teffy said, well, what are we going to do? And, and Dari said, we've got to go back, uh, you know, we should retrace our steps again. We could, we should go out a little bit further than where we were last time. And we should look for carrots. Like where, one of our clues is carrots. Uh, so we need it. And then Jeffy uh, said, wait a second. Like, uh, I remember this one time, a couple of my buddies and I, we, you know, we, we were, you know, we, we were, uh, we had too many, you know, too many pop rocks or whatever. And we went out and we found this patch of wild carrots. I think they're wild carrots. Uh, and we were, you know, like play, play, playing, like uh, pretending they were, uh, we were dashing, like bards and big monies, basically. You know, this was kid stuff. I'm not a kid anymore, Dari. Don't worry about it. And Teffy kissed Teffy's bicep. Uh, 
But she said, wait a second, so there's giant carrots? I don't know if there is a giant carrot, but it could be in the carrot family. You're saying there's a giant swamp carrot. Where? And he said, well, not that far from where we were. And she goes, well, how long ago was that? And he goes, well, middle school, I guess. No, 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 grammar school. And she goes, so a few years ago, let's go. So they got off of the uh, thing. Now, they didn't notice that uh, some of the other kids were watching them uh, and kind of uh, in, in scorn a little bit. But they headed out right then, out into the, uh, out into the, 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 like the edge of the swamp, uh, almost to the place beyond the swamp. And it, it does affect uh, where you choose to live. Like now, Willow's family does live really far out because the road, there's just random vehicles and they're masked in mystery. Uh, so you don't want to be too close because you don't know when they don't come through very often, but they make a lot of noise. And it's just these giant vehicles. Uh, and you don't want to have to have like a way to make sure your kid, you see, like the closer you live to the place behind the swamp, the more your kids are going to think, huh? Like, unless you have a mom like Frances, like she grew, grew up and raised two grounded daughters that said, okay, well, we just won't go there. You just don't go there. Here's some sensible reasons why not. So it affects, like, a lot of people choose to kind of get have some distance and have some trees and other things between them and the road and the place beyond the swamp. So we did get out there, and, uh, like, we that's where, like, I tried to get, like, I, I tried to walk home from there, but then Tefe said, don't walk home, and that's when we got to the car and Babs was gone. So we parked there, and then we started walking, and it was a long walk. And then Teffy was talking the same night. Now, this time, Dari was actually listening because they weren't on the Ferris wheel. And he was kind of saying, like, uh, what, what if the bunnies were right? Like, what if the bunnies and bards and big bunnies, like the bards, like, uh, maybe they're better off, would be better off. Uh, and then the whole tropey thing of, like, well, maybe we need the big bunnies, uh, to keep us, like, uh, working, like, uh, w- if there wasn't anybody to take our resources, would we make our resources? And finally, Dari had enough, and she said, Tefe, I feel like you're, you're, you're operating from an ego-first position. And, uh, like, uh, and he said, what are, you, are you saying I'm selfish? Uh, and she said, well, you seem to be self-interested, and we all are, uh, but you seem to be fixated on justifying it instead of accepting it as part of being, you know, part of your, your, your consciousness. And she said, I think you need to take a hard look at it. You may even have a little bit, well, you're a narcissist, by the way, too. And Tefe said, what, 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 what would you like? Uh, she said, best, it's best we just don't talk. Let's just look for these carrots, uh, but then it took forever, and then there was more tension because Jerry said, are you making us take longer? Do you even remember where the carrots were? Do you remember any landmarks? And then Teffy said, I do remember a landmark. Uh, like, because they headed, uh, so if you headed straight, like, uh, so i give you just a little bit of a map in your mind. A simple one. 
So the visitor center is, uh, you could barely see it. Picture a road, like an aqueduct type road, rising up out of the swamp, maybe 10 feet, uh, you know, on a slant of uh, ground. And beyond it is a visitor center, low lying and, and dilapidated. And now to the, to, not that far from the visitor center is a tunnel that goes underneath, but it's a like it has a gate and stuff like that. So if you but if you were to head towards the tunnel, and then go left, uh, like and you go left for a while, eventually some more trees start to come up and and uh, they separate. Like so, you had trees on the left, and then the um, the road on the right, uh, and then Teffy said, "And remember, we you could see like a pole sticking up uh, on the road because we were daring one another to climb up there and." Uh, and do it, and and uh, Dari said, "Did you?" And and uh, Tuffy said, "Well, I did the daring. I didn't do the doing." And then she said, "Okay, well then what?" And then Tuffy said, "Well then we go left into these like into all these trees, and, and eventually they found they started to see." Like, uh, now again, I'm not a biologist or anything or an expert, so I don't know, but you sure see carrot butts or whatever you call them, carrot stalks, I guess maybe they're called carrot greens, uh, sticking up out of there. And they started looking, and uh, but they were giant. And, and she said, Do You played with these, and they're bigger than us now. And Taffy said, yeah, these are huge. No, no, no. When we were kids, they were as big as our arms, but these must be the same ones. Uh, and Dari said, well, then it's not a fruit or a vegetable. It's like uh, it's part of the plant, the stem or something. So maybe they're not carrots. Uh, but she like dove down and she said, it feels like a texture of a carrot, though. It's interesting. And uh, Teffy said, well, now what? And Dari said, well, we keep looking around. And they kept looking around. And then uh, eventually they found one that was like the top was nibbled off. And then they looked, they got to it. She said, look over there. That one uh, doesn't have any greens, uh, but it's still sticking above the water. So it was about three feet above the water. And as they got closer to it, they saw that it went down, like it, so it was hollowed out. It was like a giant carrot, but more of a, some sort of, it, it technically wasn't a root vegetable or something because it was it had been growing for years there, but I mean, again, I don't know anything. But it had been hollowed out, and it was so long uh, that it went through down the swamp, down the water. It was above the water line, and it was below the water line. And at first they said, huh, that's, that's cool. I wonder what ate that. And then they started to look around, and it wasn't long before around that area they found scraping against the other giant carrots, uh, what could only be described as uh, goo or goop, uh, uh, feathers and bunny fur, uh, which they had seen in other places. And uh, also like bunny, like uh, marks, like the bunny had tried, like some giant bunny had basically tried to eat some of the other carrots, but given up. Um, and then Dari said, Teffy, eat, eat, eat one of those carrots. And Teffy said, well, what if the carrot's not uh, full of nutrients? What if it doesn't taste good? 
And she said, just try to eat it. Uh, trust me. Uh, she goes, like, uh, just just try. So Tefe tried to take a bite of the carrot, and he said it tasted a bit like uh, uh, like sawdust uh, mixed with something. He said it was gross, uh, but not like he said, eh, it just it doesn't taste like much. And she goes, do you think it's carrot? And he goes, well, it's definitely, he goes, it's mealy, more mealy than a carrot. Uh, and uh, Dari kind of circled the area. And Tuffy said, what are you doing? And Dari said, I think uh, we should look at this hole. And Tuffy said, no, nah, I don't think so. Uh, and Dari said, lower me down, like in the hole, uh, through through the carrot. Uh and Tevi said, no, 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 no. Like, what if, like, we don't know how far down it goes. Uh, and Dari said, like, who cares? Like, just lower me down. Like, uh, you got long arms. I thought you were an otter. I thought, you know, you're a long otter. You're very, you sure? And he said, okay. So he lowered Dari down. Like, just like, just like a giant tube, but basically she was going in. And actually, once she got in there, she was like, oh, wait, I can push my arms and my legs against the side and kind of climb down. And it is kind of mealy, but sturdy. And she climbed down and she was climbing head first uh, because she wanted to be able to see. Now, she'd also brought a lantern, uh, of course. Uh, and but So she got down there and she said, to the, she goes, there's a. Uh, it's like a cave or something or something. And then Taffy said, what, uh, shave what, uh, and then she dropped in and then, uh, Taffy kind of looked in there and she yelled, just wait for me, just wait up there for me. And he heard that cause she was already at the bottom and she dropped in and it was basically not dry ground, but, uh, muck like ground and it was like a pocket of, uh, below the swamp of, uh, now I would say that it was probably some sort of like, I guess, like I did talk to a scientist about this, that these, whatever these root vegetables were, this was some sort of limestone and this vegetable secreted something that enabled, enabled it to penetrate the limestone. That's why the swamp wasn't like, uh, that's why it was sturdy above her. And then Dari just started going and walking, and uh, and it wasn't far. Like, there was only one direction, and there was clearly a big bunny tracks. Uh, and she said the, the big bunny, like, it was clear. It was a high, higher ceilings, but that it was, like, uh, on the roof and the floor, like, it was like the bunny had to, like, crawl to get through there because there's bunny fur and feathers on the floor and the walls. And she said, well, that's odd. And she kept going for a while. And then eventually she thought she heard some singing and she saw a light ahead. So she turned down her lantern and uh, she listened. And she was like, she started to kind of recount her steps and kind of get a direction. And because she had gone a long way, she said, wait a second, this has got to be, I may be beyond the swamp. I may have gone under the road even. And she did kind of realize that it was sloped downward. So as each possible, like each thing, she was like uh, going deeper and deeper, but a slow slope. 
and eventually she got closer and she heard she could swear she heard some singing uh so she was really quiet and then she eventually went into this area that opened up and there was a bigger chamber and then beyond it was like uh like what looked like concrete, like like it was, so it was like this bigger chamber, and the cave started to go into something that looked like concrete walls. But that was also covered with muck and stuff like that. Uh, and then she started to go down this like spiraling thing, uh, and that's where the singing was coming from, a little bit below. And uh, she said, "Wait a second, there's something." ominous about this uh, spiraling even lower in the combination of a cave and then concrete and then muck uh, something feels a bit off but then she got like a little bit lower and then she realized that it was like it went lower further but there was also another chamber off of like like almost like you took it went, went down a few floors and she, she said, that's where the singing's coming from. So she started to crawl. Uh, and remember, all will be well. Don't worry. This was actually soothing singing, like a bit like a lullaby or someone humming while they were working or something like that. And so she was crawling and trying to get closer and closer. And then she went into this room and she started to look and... Uh, it was like a smaller, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen when people celebrate the holiday season or some other season, or maybe they just decorate their house with like a miniature or they have a train set, uh, like a miniature town. She started to see that in the, the like, she went into this room and the, the streets, like, it was like, the, it was all like made of, uh, she wasn't sure if it was made of mud or some sort of like sandy cement, uh, but it was like this uh, dark mud sand, but not, it was hard. She touched it, version of their town, like a, a one eighth or one twentieth version of the town. And it stretched across this chamber. And, uh, like, uh, big enough that she could almost, uh, like, put her head in the buildings. So not, like, uh, a different size than, uh, she said, wait a second, like, I could almost get into one of these buildings just barely. And then she started to notice different, like, like figures. Uh, but she still heard the singing, and she, she, this was in another room, so she kept going uh, and it was actually like she f went to the edge of our town, and then at the edge of that town was a wall. Uh, but it, again, like painted at the wall was like uh, what looked like the road, and and it was being like drawn in a very crude way with mud and, and other things. And then the tunnel uh, that went to the place beyond the swamp, uh, and that's where the kind of sound was coming from. And then she tried to crawl in the tunnel, and she could swear, if you'd ask her, that she could see in the tunnel. She said she thought she saw, she saw some mobiles in some giant cribs. But right as she thought she saw a giant crib, uh, uh, she, she slipped, and she went splat. And then she heard something, stop, whatever was singing, stopped singing. 
And then she heard a thump and everything shaked. And then she was like, that must be the big bunny. Thump. And then she saw it come out of into the hall. Like she was in a hall. The bunny had come out of the room with possibly giant mobiles and whatever. And the bunny saw her and thump. Uh, and Dari ran. And then she ran into town and she she was now Dari, holy intelligence. Uh, Dari uh, took her lantern and uh, turned it on, and then threw it in one of the bigger uh, rooms, like one of the bigger uh, ta- things in town. And then she hid in in one of the buildings. And so the bunny thumped, thumped, paused where she was hiding, but then thumped, thumped, thumped over to where the light was just barely shining out because Dari had thrown it all the way in the back of one of these model-type buildings uh, of our town. And when the bunny got over there, Dari bolted right out of uh, the thing and started running back. Uh, and again, she, she she felt the bunny coming. For, like, first she got pretty far. Then she heard the bunny chasing uh, but she said, okay, well, the bunny's going to have to go pretty slow in this last, uh, like, chamber. So she thought she was home free. Uh, and then she's yelling, Tefe, Tefe, throw a rope, reach down. Now, meanwhile, Tefe was, like, totally chilling and, and actually, like, pensive, a little bit pensive. If you saw Tefe, but Tefe was looking, it was a full moon. Tefe was looking at Tefe's reflection in the water. You know, kind of tall. Do you, do you really think I am? Uh, do, do you know? Am I caught up with myself? Is that all I care about? Uh, you know, back and forth type thing. And Dari's like yelling, Taffy, Taffy, reach down for me. Now she got up there, and then she realized that like she she had underestimated how many carrots or whatever carrot type things were sticking down through the limestone roof. That like. Uh, so she was like, which one? She was having trouble. And she heard the bunny getting closer and closer. And then she's like, Tefe, Tefe, throw down a rope or something, uh, your tail. And uh, Tefe said, and then Tefe thought Tefe heard something. Uh, and then just in time, uh, Tefe did lo- like hold on to the edge of the carrot and lower down and then Dari saw Tefe's tail, and then she grabbed it, and then Tefe climbed out with Dari. And uh, then they still bolted. They ran out of the swamp, jumped in, like, uh, and they drove uh, all the way back to my house, actually. And then they went downstairs in my house, and they, like, uh, like, uh, like, said, wait a second, let's get cleaned up. Uh, and then Tefe was like, I can't believe my sister's having sleepovers, like, because they had the fort set up uh, that Billy had been staying at. And meanwhile, I was in my bed asleep. This was after we had, Billy had run away. Uh, so we were, I was already in bed, uh. And because they had a good, like, time had actually passed in a different way for them. Because, like, uh, but so Dari was like, holy cow, that was like, uh, she goes, there is a big bunny. I think it has goose, like, but it has goose heads. Uh, She goes, there is a, like, I think it's like, uh, I don't know. And Taffy said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, it's just, uh, let's, let's snuggle for a little while. And let's just hug each other. And, and so they ha- had a long hug. 
And she said, let's, like, you sleep on the couch there. I'm going to sleep in this tent. Uh, and then, like, uh, we'll talk about things in the morning. Uh, so they did that. And then, but Dari woke up, like, early. Now, Tefe's an easy sleeper, like everything else. But Dari woke up, and then eventually she woke Tefe up, and she said, okay. I've been thinking about it for most of the night. Uh, and Dari said, okay, here's what I think, Tefe. And Tefe said, okay. She goes, so there's a giant, some sort of giant bunny goose lives down there. And uh, it has something to do with Babs or Will. And he goes, okay. And she goes, and that might have been the big bunny my mom saw. And uh, he goes, well, should we tell anybody about it? She goes, no, we should deal with it. No one's going to believe us. Uh, and uh, even if they did, she goes, it's just, she, she goes, it's strange. Uh, this is the oddest thing we'll ever encounter. And he said, do you mind if I ask, what do you think it's doing? And she goes, remember that book we had to read? She goes, I think, she goes, it was singing lullabies. And I think I saw a crib. She goes, I think it's some sort of uh, adult juvenile bunny goose. uh, And maybe it's playing, like maybe it thinks Willow and Babs are like action figures. This is the only thing I can think of. because uh, she goes, they had this whole, like, giant version of our town. Uh, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. And he goes, well, so what should we do? And she goes, well, we should, uh, she goes, it takes a carrot to catch a carrot. She goes, we, we got to uh, find this bunny, get it away from there, and see if Willow and Babs are there. And find out who's in charge of this adult juvenile bunny. That's what I'm guessing, but I'm not sure. She goes, uh, so we got to, uh, like, lured away, basically. And he goes, how are we going to do that? And she goes, well, car- carrots, real carrots, though. She goes, so we got to go, she goes, we got to go gather some, ca- we got to get all the carrots we can, as many carrots as we can. Goose, we'll goose chase a goose with, and get a bunny with carrots. And uh, they said, okay, let's do it. So then they got up and they started driving around town and they went to all, like the few shops we have in town, bought all the carrots, uh, all the carrots in the entire store. And they said, you could, you're like, you're going to leave any carrots for anybody else? They said, no. And they said, what are you making? Uh, they said, carrot miso soup, uh, a giant, like, uh, and they said, okay. And then they they said, well, who, anybody else had a carrot? So they bought an entire truckload of carrots, bushels and bushels of carrots. But then as they were filling the truck with the last bushels of carrots, they just noticed people were laughing, uh, Particularly at Dari, but at both of them. Uh, and they said, What's, what are you laughing at, Tefe? said, because Tefe doesn't. And they said, oh, I guess uh, Babs' street team, uh, we're just guessing if it's going to be anything like. So then they went down and they saw a bunch of kids that Tefe knew, that Tefe, you know, the hip crowd or whatever. And they were making chalk art on the walls of buildings of uh, imaginary versions of Babs' album. They said, we heard Babs signed an album, just like your sister. We figured if she was goofing on anybody, it'd be the two of you.
And so they had made fake album covers. This wasn't real albums, but they had like uh, Worst Kisser in the World with Tefe crying and Babs singing. Uh, you know, then they had stuff about Dari not being a good friend or being, you know, you know, uh, uh, bringing my friend to the party who didn't get invited. I think that was one of the ones that kind of burned, by, that, you know, upset Dari the most. And they said, we demand you take that down. And then they said, where do you think they got him? And they said, this is really the songs. Uh, we're just recreating them. And she said, what do you mean? And one of the kids had, now this is very expensive. It was a portable uh, audio disc player. They just come out in the past couple of years, and they said the street team really was here. They like gave us previews of the album. Uh, now these were unmarked previews, so they didn't have. They weren't as advanced as uh, the ones of Willis that had been found. They didn't have any album art. They're just CDs and tapes. And uh, Darcy give it to me. And she listened, and it was music, and it was a teenage teenager singing. Uh, but it was not Babs. Uh, it was like, and Dari said, this is, this is awesome, uh, singing. And I know Babs, uh, Babs doesn't sing like this, uh, but they were singing. Those were two of the songs. So it was a real album of someone named Babs, uh, cause she said, I'm Babs and I'm, you know, I'm Babs and I'm bad and I'm here to make Tefe sad, uh, kisses like a dad. And how do you say that? It means he kisses bad, like uh, like songs, like uh, and now then the 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 young woman who Dari had taken it from was trying to take it back, and then it got dropped, uh, and it broke, and that was a very expensive thing to buy. So then the community resource officer was supposed to settle and mediate disputes like that. Uh, so immediately, the assistant, some of the assistant resource officers uh, showed up, uh, and uh, like uh, Dari had said, like uh, like no, no, no. Then I want like then there was a disagreement about who if uh, Dari was going to have to make amends for being. And she said it's not my fault though. And then the kids also said Dari and Tefe were the ones that did the the art that you weren't supposed to do. So they said, you're going to have to come with us, like, uh, to back to, to the community resource, you know, office. Uh, you're going to have to call your parents, and, you know, we're going to have to do some restorative uh, justice work here. And we're going to have to take a close look at this and work with you. Uh, and they said, well, we got stuff to do. We got a truckload full of carrots. Uh, uh, and uh, they said, what do you got a truckload full of carrots for? And they said, well, no one's going to bother your carrots. They're your carrots, right? And Tuffy said, my mom is going to flip. I have filled my uncle's truck with carrots. Uh, she's going to think it's a goof. Uh, and they, he said, oh, let me at least tarp it. And they said, fine, tarp your carrots uh, and then come back to the community resource office. So they had to drive all the way back to the community resource office. And, you know, they were like, uh, obviously, like, this is inconvenient because we we're about to find that. It was a little bit embarrassing. Dari was kind of feeling like, geez, I kind of overreacted there. And when they got there, 
Tuffy said, uh, thanks for sticking up for me. And Dari said, what do you mean sticking up for me? He said, well, you got that song was about that I'm not a good kisser. I can't believe ba- I thought ba- Babs liked my kissing. And, uh, like, I thought I, I always thought I was good at it. And, and Dari said, you practice a lot with your hand or something? And Tuffy said, with my pillow. I kiss my pillow. Uh, I know it's not ideal, but, you know, it uh, helps with my visualizations. And Dari kind of laughed at that, but she said, I wasn't sticking up for you. I was stick- I was trying to figure out if it was really Babs on there, which it was not. But everybody in the, the whole community resource office was listening to this, and they said, oh, so there was a bad, you did, because everybody likes Tefe in town. Holy moly, Tefe's popular with the adults, because uh, he knows how to make the adults feel good. Compliments them. You know, it says, great job. And they said, well, that's so nice of you to, and they said, what is all the carrots for, Tefe? And said, Tefe said, well, I'm doing a carrot drive, a uh, new thing. It's a carrot drive. You know, I heard about some bunnies outside of town. In the, and everybody's like, oh, we're talking about restoring our hope and justice, maybe not restorative justice, Tefe. And they said, this must just be another one of your admirers then, uh, and Dari just rolled her eyes, and then she said, can I take a nap here uh, while I wait for my mom? Because my mom's got a lot on her plate, by the way. Uh, and she kind of curled up. Uh, and then Tafe kind of started to nod off and say, well, maybe I'm not so. I'm helping. I'm trying to help uh, Dari here get to the bottom of this odder thing. So maybe I can rest and not feel as odd about that, yeah, I have a little bit of self-interest. Maybe I have some misguided ideas. Uh, but maybe I can help Dari use these carrots uh, to figure out this big bunny situation. And uh, just remember, for now, all will be well. Good night.